Well, Section 7 tournament recruiting has already come and gone, and UCLA is still looking at international players, despite the departure of Ivo Samovich. Let's talk more about this on Locked On UCLA. Go Bruins. You are Locked On UCLA, your daily podcast on the UCLA Bruins. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome, everybody, to the Locked On UCLA podcast. I'm your host, Zach Anderson Yoxheimer. Thanks for making this your first listen each and every day. It's free wherever you get your podcast, and it's available on YouTube. So, like, comment, and subscribe. Become an everyday or an everyday listener of some of the best UCLA content around. Thanks for tuning in. And let, let's get right to it. The big weekend of recruiting happened for UCLA. A lot of big news. We've talked about it over the last couple of episodes about the building of the class of 23, the building of classes beyond that with Ivo Samovich leaving, which all of a sudden maybe puts a wrench into the plans for UCLA's international recruiting ability or willingness to go recruit internationally and leaves UCLA a couple of open roster spots in addition to a coaching vacancy to fill for Mick Cronin with time crunching in into the month of July now to fill three spots. I know Adaimara is someone who is pretty much seemingly all but set of becoming a UCLA Bruin. You got Burke Buyung Tunchel, who is someone they're looking at to fill that last roster spot. And then in terms of assistant coaching, that could go any which way. Maybe Ivo Samovich has got a couple of friends that can help them in the international market. Maybe McCronin goes and finds one of his dear coaching friends that needs to become on, be a staff member. There's all sorts of different ways the Bruins could go. But overall, Mick Cronin, his initial focus, it seemed like, especially being front and center in that Section 7 tournament in Scottsdale, was to recruit for classes beyond. I talked about Eric Freeney, who has been interviewed and said after his official visit to UCLA that he's leaning one way. He made an official visit earlier in the year to UNLV. He didn't say where he was going. He had an indication of where he wanted to go. And for the three-star guard in the class of 24, it seemed like he might make his decision coming into the early part of the week. That has not happened. But while we're still waiting on Freeney, the Corona Centennial product's decision, if he's a Bruin, a Rebel, or someone else, or maybe he delays his decision, UCLA did offer a seven-foot post product in Makan Diouf. I'm going to say I'm completely mispronouncing his name, so please correct me in the comments. And I keep it semi-nice because Makan Diouf. And while what I teased in the open, right, is this is someone who is a seven-footer. He's playing with Bella Vista in Scottsdale, almost doing what Adem Bona did or some of these players who come internationally over to the U.S. and play those high school games or play for those prep schools. He's doing somewhat of the same over from Senegal, but he still falls in line with these international products the Bruins are trying to recruit. And considering he's seven-foot, Reading the, the report on Bro Report talking about, hey, this is someone who is 6'11", 7 feet, who can shoot outside with a nice step-back three-point jumper and is a decent mobility-wise, even though, as everybody would see, Dambona has some freakish athletic ability, which is why he was Pac-12 freshman of the year and one of the best hustle defenders in Bona. They could get a seven-footer that could help replace Kenneth Nuba. Remember, a big man who's coming back for his sixth year, one of those rare returners 
UCLA has on class of in their 23-24 team. They have to replace him. They're most likely going to have to replace Bona. If a Diamara comes, they're going to have to replace him. And what was pointed out in this article I'm reading is that Devin Williams, who's the 6'10 product locally, that's the only post player that is projected, although there's lots of eligibility left, projected to stay an extra year or two at UCLA if everything falls according to plan. So the, the Senegal native who has played in a U21 league back in France a couple of years ago. The Bruins have kept tabs on him. He's a four-star product, one of the top five products in the state of Arizona. And that shows you UCLA is building for the future while keeping an eye on those pr- on these prep players, these American high school tournaments. But this is another foreign-born player, and it already shows Mick Cronin is going to go after some players if they fit the program, if they fit the bill, they'll offer. And the Bruins still, even though Ivo Samovic is heading off to the NBA with the Toronto Raptors, they're still going to have this international flavor to their team, at least if they get a deal. I'm not saying that's going to happen, but we can see they're going after these types of players. They're going away from the preps and the American high school seniors domestically in their recruiting strategy which makes it very interesting for UCLA as they begin to build from time to time as they look for guys who need to fill roster spots in years future. And I know Mick Cronin at that Section 7 tournament was looking for Koa Pete, or he was sitting and watching Koa Pete, who was in one of the big tournament semifinals, tournament games out there in Scottsdale, or I guess not Scottsdale, but in Glendale, Arizona, looking at this Scottsdale, the Scottsdale area recruit, looking in this tournament in Glendale, as they say, I might be saying Scottsdale, getting the Arizona cities mixed up. And the Bruins are going after all these guys. They have maybe a shorter list in the class of 24 currently in terms of domestic products, but that's because, hey, as I've already said, UCLA has to go after quite a bit of different players within their roster. And Makan Diouf, a seven-footer that would fit the build, UCLA going bigger, right? If Mara comes to UCLA, that would be Cronin's first seven-footer in a Bruin uniform. Then Diouf, if I'm saying his name correctly, would be the next seven-footer, right? After all these lack of seven-footers, almost 6'9", 6'10", almost 6'10", 6'11", if you're Bona, the Bruins are going after some size. Mara. Bona, DU, guys who are extremely big, mostly athletic, and guys who can step out and hit jumpers and have some flair to their game in a much bigger build as the Bruins. They saw what Arizona did last year. Yes, they did get bounced in the first round, but in a big upset. Yet UCLA is sitting here wanting to grow their post presence while finding those dynamic guards like a Jan Vide, right? Ilan Fibleul, who was recently talking, I believe, with the Bro Reports, David Woods, about his connection with Ivo Samovich and how he was very tight with him. He got recruited by him. But still, the Bruins have to find life after Ivo only one year into his tenure at UCLA. And the Bruins have proven they're still going to find ways to either go after guys overseas or players who started overseas and then transition now over into the U.S., for a next roster overturn. The youth would fit that mold of a big player, the foreign-born player, this new switch maybe, this new turn for Mick Cronin in bringing in players from overseas, especially those post players. As you mentioned, Mara, you've got Bona, and then Diouf. Those would be three interior presence, three post players, centers, power forwards, in guys who are overseas or from overseas into UCLA's lineup. Something in food for thought. 
to think about, which makes you wonder what the Bruins are going to look like in years forward. Speaking about what the Bruins will look like years ahead, their football team, come on, Chip Kelly and the Bruins, we've been waiting, we've been wanting to chomp at the bit for a team that has so much young, exciting talent, transfer portal success for Kelly, and who is the quarterback, right? That could be intriguing. And why is it intriguing? We'll tell you more after we move on in Locked On UCLA. In the meantime, I'm going to tell you more about FanDuel Sportsbook because FanDuel Sportsbook is America's number one sportsbook in America. Baseball's in full swing. It's heck, it's even getting to the middle part of the season already. Isn't that nuts? Cruising into July, basically, in the 2023 calendar year. Go to FanDuel. Become, if you're a new customer, a no-sweat first bet customer. You can get up to $1,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. If you're listening, take a close listen to this URL. FanDuel.com slash locked on. Again, that's FanDuel.com slash locked on. Get the no sweat first bet up to $1,000 back when you join FanDuel today. If your first bet doesn't win, FanDuel is an official partner of Major League Baseball. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission, and they're partnered with us here at Locked On. Cruising on into the second segment of Locked On UCLA, I was reading an article from Bleacher Report, and what was intriguing is what are some powerful quarterback battles that can make or break the college football season in 2023. How the Bleacher Report article was featured by David Kenyon. Um, It was quarterback battles that will have the biggest impact on the 2023 college football season. And lo and behold, while they threw some breadcrumbs to different teams like a Tennessee and a TCU, maybe even Florida, A&M, Oklahoma State, the first team featured in this article, ironically enough, is UCLA, who you could go between a Colin Schley, you can go to Dante Moore, Ethan Garbers. For a while, we heard Justin Martin. Still remember Chase Griffin, who is the NIL king, basically one of the biggest promoters and proponents of the NIL male athlete domineers. You've got him over there. The Bruins have no shortage of options. They could play at quarterback from option A all the way to Z if they really need to this year at quarterback. But the best case scenario generally will be leading between Garbers, Moore, and Colin Schley. And what, what's interesting for UCLA is that they're one of the more intriguing quarterback battles in the country. You've got Ole Miss on this list. You've got o- Oregon State. Remember, they got DJ Uyunglele, who is over there in Corvallis, Georgia, the two-time defending champs. Oh, that's crazy. Ohio State, after all their quarterback play in recent years, Alabama. And yet it's UCLA who they start with. Because they're in this huge transitionary period. The Bruins have this big moment. And I've discussed this before. We're going to discuss this some more. You've got Dante Moore, the future. The big recruit that could certainly pivot the tenure of Chip Kelly into something supremely successful in an era where college football is completely changing. Beyond just the NIL, the TV deals, moving to the Big Ten, the expanded college football playoff are all important while the Bruins are transitioning into a new era of UCLA athletics. And that's a lot to shoulder on a maybe true freshman starting quarterback, a transfer starting quarterback, potentially in college Lee from Kent state, who is the quote unquote most experienced. And then the most experienced backup, the most familiar, comfortable with the system, Ethan Garbers, who came in in the bowl game. He filled in a couple of times from Dorian Thompson Robinson, 
who, mind you, has been around for an eternity, basically all of Chip Kelly's tenure. DTR, who has now many UCLA records that might be unbroken because of his extra COVID year, those extra games he played. The Bruins, who are coming off a nine-win season, are either the dark horses as they were in 2022, maybe a very good, decent, solid team in 2021. I don't know what your thoughts are. We were excited when they beat LSU two years ago. But what is this team they're going to put on the field in 2023? Of course, a lot starts and stops with their defense. How can Denton Lynn, with limited cornerbacks, limited DBs, get a good defensive unit together to maybe make UCLA a competitive team in the Pac-12 in their final year in, as Bill Walton dubs it, the Conference of Champions? What might be on the shoulders of whoever's calling the plays, quote-unquote, or operating as the quarterback? Dante Moore, five-star product, coming over, decommitting from Oregon, is my favorite, although we, we still have to wait between all the different fall camp practices where Chip Kelly is either going to go, Schley, Garbers, or Moore. I give Moore the edge because of the talent, the ability. I know you guys in the comments would disagree with me and say, hey, give it to the best. Give it to the, someone who deserves it. And I totally agree, but I say you got to give Moore a look, right? Which is how the Pac-12 and maybe the West Coast college football could easily swing based on UCLA's quarterback decision-making, right? Hold on with me for a moment here as I explain. If you go Dante more early and he struggles, okay. Then you're going to put in some other quarterbacking option, and the Bruins, in a worst-case scenario, could see your best young bright, bright spot tank. You could have all your other quarterbacking options fail, and you have a dismal season, and that would just ruin fan support for us UCLA fans Moving into the Big Ten and the fire Chip Kelly chance, the attendance woes would just grow. Then you've got this other formula, right? Where you struggle early potentially if you don't go with a Dante Moore, if you go with a different quarterbacking option, Moore comes off the bench and just absolutely blows up, gets everybody excited moving into 2024. While maybe if Moore is ex- super electric, could give UCLA a run in the Pac 12 late in the season. As they go to an SC, right? They play all these teams who are expected to compete in the Pac 12, the divisionless Pac 12 championship game, if you will. And then there's the other option where maybe it's someone we don't even know who jumps onto the scene, bursts on, right? Ethan Garbers, the guy who's been waiting his entire career to make a big opportunity move pay off, coming over from a different school to UCLA, sitting behind DTR, now battling the freshman and another transfer quarterback. Or Colin Schley, who has some NFL scouts kind of looking at him, looking to get that Power 5 tape that can put him over the edge. Maybe it's Schley who says, hey, transfer portal works at UCLA, and then that sets up the table for UCLA's future by continuing to be a true weapon in the transfer portal game, if you will. Chip Kelly pulling different pieces out at will as he's been these last year, year or two, as the Bruins build for the Big Ten. It's a fascinating debate. I would like Dante Moore. I think he's got a slight edge. Slee has had some moments in practice, even Garbers. But we'll see how Dante Moore's arm looks building into the first year at UCLA, heading into Westwood and eventually Pasadena for the Rose Bowls. The Bruins open up against Coastal Carolina. It's unique that the Bruins have such a hold potentially in college football on the West Coast in terms of the quarterbacking decision and how they could really be a dark horse in any contending slot despite not having a lot of things really ironed out, just like the basketball team 
in terms of roster setup. The Bruins have their guys. It's just who's going to start, who's going to play, when and where, and when does that opportunity arise? You never know. You just have to be ready for when the opportunity knocks. Speaking about opportunity knocking, who's somebody in the NBA that has to wait for his opportunity? Former UCLA Bruin. Think about him. He's going to have to wait a few months. I think you're thinking about the right guy. We'll tell you more as we move on to the final segment of Locked On UCLA. Welcome back. Third segment of Locked On UCLA. Zach Anderson, Yoxam with you guys. Just talk some football, basketball. We're going back to basketball. This time, NBA-wise, read an article, fan-sided page by Brett Studer for the Minnesota Timberwolves. And as I teased before that mini break, you've got Jalen Clark, who headed over to Minnesota as an important piece for a young building Timberwolves squad. So what's Clark's ceiling? What can he bring to the Timberwolves that he can make a true impact for a team that is needing some direction, not true direction, but wanting to build into a Western Conference contender in a very top-to-bottom, very good conference, understatement of the year, especially in a day and age, even with the playing tournament, it's tough to get in and compete again and again. And I was reading this article about why Jalen Clark is, there's three reasons why he should wait. Let's analyze these three reasons why, don't we? One, they're saying Jalen Clark is quite simply the best defensive player in his rookie class in 2023, right? Someone who Tim Connolly was referring to as the best perimeter defender in the draft, someone who is the reigning national defensive player of the year in the college game, easy to throw all the statistics, spouted out Pac-12 defensive player of the year, yada, yada, yada. It was clear the Bruins were extremely an impossible team to beat, close to it when Clark was at the top of his game, who could be a guy that not only was, when he's scoring, an important piece, a double-digit scorer as he grew his shooting percentage and his ability to score throughout his career at UCLA, but it was his defense that stood him apart from the rest, which who, even though he might have to wait seven, eight months, wait till the turn of the new calendar year into 2024 after that somewhat devastating Achilles injury in March against Arizona, he could easily be someone, as this article says, and we all could agree, is the none other than NBA all-defensive team, how the Bruins have who are leaning on the shoulders, right? Defense, quote-unquote, this thing is reason to a young guy in the NBA that plays and thrives on his defensive mentality, defensive intensity. We come in a day and age of basketball, especially in the NBA, especially in youth basketball, different types of AAU mixtapes. We all get excited. What's he look like dribbling the basketball? Got it in his hands, step-back jumper. That looks super sweet, right? Victor Wimbayama the recent number one overall pick for the San Antonio Spurs. It was his ability at 7-3, basically, right, to just do things with the basketball, especially offensively, that we've never seen before. Well, Jalen Clark, despite being a little shorter than what we may have thought when he was at UCLA, that 6-9 wingspan with the defense-first mindset that you have to play with over in Westwood with Mick Cronin as your coach, that hustle bone, as if you ever went and watched Locked on Hornets and saw me guest appear talking about Amari Bailey, that was on a recent episode that they dropped on that part of the Locked on Podcast Network. The bone zone, as we joked about on that show, or even that hustle bone, as we all know, the heart 
hustle that Jalen Clark brought to the team that was somewhat lost with his injury in the regular season finale, shut down defense. When you focus on defense, especially being in the NBA, that can lengthen your career, right? You've got guys three and D. If Clark can improve his three-point shooting percentage, the defense will give him longevity of his career, whether it's three, five, 10, 15 years, whatever it is, for a young team wanting to grow into a good playoff team, how do those teams make it? Yeah, you can be as good offensively as you want, but most importantly, if you play really good defense as a young team, you can be that franchise that builds into a contender, right? Heck, even the Denver Nuggets built their team into a contender. Very different reasons that they did, but if you can be a good, solid, young defensive team, you could all of a sudden make it to the playoffs consistently until you get that break, that superstar, that player that goes right and Clark is one of those glue guys, those glue pieces, when healthy, if healthy, that he can be the defense is his thing, the best defender in the 23 draft class that can make him some of the most important players for the Minnesota Timberwolves. And then one of the last reasons that what dog mindset, the, the acronym that this article on fan cited, the dunking with the wolves wrote, he, he's a guy that will go after it, work ethic, attitude, discipline, the grit. We all know these things of UCLA, which just wanted to go shout them out because Clark having to grind right from freshman to sophomore to junior, going through the COVID years, finally all of a sudden blossoming before our very eyes, hitting big shots, making big plays, helping UCLA stay win games that they shouldn't or hold on to games that were nearly collapsing after a big steal and a dunk. We saw time and time again, if Clark can still be that same important dominant player defensively, he is someone who can earn it, right? UCLA's basketball team from 22 to 23 could be one of the most high-value, influential draft classes in recent years, right? Hawkes, the right fit. Bailey, the perfect steal. Clark, the right man to wait on. If Singleton can make a roster as a good three-point shooter, a value defender who doesn't turn over the basketball, a value three-point shooter, who doesn't turn over the basketball with some underrated defense. I'm not sure where Tiger Campbell, Tiger Campbell ranks on that, but you can have a very influential team and that dog mindset, that heart and hustle mentality really bled through the veins of Jalen Clark, which is why he's a very good fit for Minnesota. His ceiling is very high considering this is a guy who's going to have to wait nearly half a season, if not more before he steps onto an NBA floor opportunity, knocking on the door. All we can do is hope that he scores. All right, no more. I'm done. Bad rhyming, bad rapping, all of that in between. That's why we're going to drop this Locked On UCLA episode and just end it right there on the bad dad rhymes there. Thanks for tuning to Locked On UCLA. We hope Jalen Clark gets healthy. He's a good fit for the Minnesota Timberwolves. The, the quarterback debate, we're waiting until we get more, more updates. Who's going to be the starting quarterback in 2023? I'd love for, for it to be more, but Schley, Garbers, they're going to have a say. And then, hey, UCLA basketball recruiting, 23, 24, 25. It's heating up. The evaluation periods in the month of June practically gone poof. And next thing you know, the Bruins have to start throwing out offers, getting players to make their decisions. And that's why you should become an everyday listener with Locked On UCLA. We got all that coverage, all the exciting fun with it. So thanks for tuning in and becoming a loyal supporter of the Locked On UCLA podcast. I'm Zach Anderson-Yoxheimer saying so long. We're going to get an eight clap going. Get your hands up, Bruins fans. And one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. U-C-L-A.
UCLA fight, fight, fights. This has been Locked On UCLA. Zach, signing off.